Girlfriends, episode number 341, Five Ways to Be More Productive. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about ways to be more productive. I know you have a lot on your plate and I want to help you out with that. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? So glad you're here. Thanks for connecting here on the podcast. I always love our weekly chats here. So this week, we're going to talk about ways to be more productive. But first, I just want to do a check in with you. How are you doing? I hope your fall is trucking along. Now that it's at the start of October, it's so funny because I have, um, speaking of productivity, I have an older sister who's always had her game together more than me. She's just a more organized personality type. And I remember once she told me that the way she got her family Christmas picture taken on time to be able to put them in cards and into everybody's mailbox, like right at the start of Advent, was that when as soon as she saw a pumpkin, and this would, of course, you know, I don't know, I guess I don't know about other states, but for sure, up here in the Northeast, you start seeing pumpkins around, like at the grocery store, at the hardware store, everywhere has kind of got like a little pumpkin display or where you're able to pick up one for your fall decorations. But she said the minute she would see a pumpkin, she would you know, set up their, their photo shoot for their Christmas picture, which she did every year. And, you know, along those lines, I think when the calendar turns to October, we should begin to think about Advent and not in a stress you out kind of way. I know you don't want to hear about Advent, right? (laughs) You're just barely getting into your back to school routine. But, you know, I I think it's important to keep that at the the front of our mind, like ahead of time that those little cues, I think, can be really helpful. So not that I'm taking a family Christmas photo this year and not that you have to, but thinking about Advent, I think it's, it's helpful to kind of have a plan in place because I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'll go through, you know, Thanksgiving, you're focused on Thanksgiving, then you're like, whoa, it's Advent and you don't really have a plan. But I just want to put that little thought in your mind, you know, what are you going to do this Advent? And one thing that I want to uh, be sure to mention is that and I'll give you more details in the weeks to come. I am planning an Advent event for women, and it's going to be an online event, so you can participate from wherever you are. I'm still working out the details, um, but it's looking like the date for that is going to be Saturday, December 10th. So keep that in mind. Stay tuned for more details. And speaking of staying tuned for more details, there are two things I want to mention to you as ways that you can stay in touch here and make sure that you always know what's going on with girlfriends, staying connected um, with me and all that we have going on here through the podcast. So the first way is to subscribe to the show notes. Do you do this? It's very simple. If you listen to the Girlfriends podcast, you're going to want to get the show notes sent right to your inbox rather than having to go and look them up. Like if I have a guest on who's talking about a book or a program or a website or um, some you know music or something that you want to check out, you know, you don't have to go and follow the links. You, I mean, you, of course you always can, and you can go and subscribe over at ascensionpress.com, but a very simple way to do 
the subscription is to text the word girlfriends to 33777. Now that only works in the US. Other folks, you have to go over to ascensionpress.com and and get to the Girlfriends podcast and subscribe that way. But you can subscribe. But it's super simple to just text the word girlfriends to 33777. Another bonus that you get in the show notes each week is that I share a song every week, the song of the week. And that's kind of like a fun way for us to be also connecting outside of the podcast. I would love to have your suggestions for song of the week. So anyway, if you want the song, if you want the show notes, you want all the links, you want to stay in touch, a super simple way to do that, and I would love to be connected with you, is to text the word GIRLFRIENDS to 33777. And then another way that I want to mention for us to stay in touch is through the Girlfriends community. I've been telling you about this um, the past uh, several episodes, but we really are enjoying our time together in the Girlfriends community. So if you're not familiar with this, the Girlfriends community is sort of an extension of what we do here at the podcast. We can go deeper into some of the topics we're talking about here. We can have more real live interaction and develop a real friendship with one another. You guys get access to each other. I get access to you in a way that is so, so uplifting, so encouraging, so joyful for me. I absolutely love it. So there's daily prayer support, ongoing conversations. And then my favorite part, twice a week, we have live video chats. We we keep these short and we keep them doable. They're a half hour twice a week on Wednesday evenings and Saturday morning. But it's a great way for us to focus on growing in virtue. We have a different virtue theme each month. Also, just to share our stories and encourage each other. So if you want more information about that, go to girlfriendscommunity.com. You can sign up over there. Check it all out. We would love for you to join our community. All right, moving on. This week's topic is productivity. And now, whenever we're talking about uh, productivity, I think it's important for me to begin with a caveat, which is, it's not that important. (laughs) So why am I talking about it then? So, you know, if you listen to secular podcasts on the topic of productivity, which I love to, I actually really, for a while there, I kind of got addicted to all different, like, there, there are tons of them, first of all, and you can find different people with different personality types and different perspectives. But this idea of productivity is one that really appeals to us as humans. We we want to do things and we want to do more things and we want to be efficient about how we do them. But I wanted to say that it's not that important. And so that's that's the first important thing that I want to be sure to mention, yes, we're going to talk about it because these things matter, but we're going to have the proper perspective on it. It's not that important, meaning that you are not going to earn your worth by doing stuff. Everything you do is great. And thanks be to God for the the amazing things that women do in the workplace, in our homes, in our communities, in our churches. We are a gift to the world in that way with all of our to-dos and all of our to-do lists and all the wonderful things we accomplish. But we need to be very careful that we don't fall into the trap of starting to feel like if I just do enough stuff, I can be worthy. Start feeling like you have to do to be loved. And that, you know, you can you can prove your worth or you can, you know, sum up all of your your things or look at your checklist all checked off, all the lists, you know, the items crossed off and and feel like, okay, n- now I'm worthy. And you can fall into that kind of mentality uh, about your work and whether you're working in the home or outside the home or raising children, you can begin to fall into that mentality about your work without even realizing it, that you you come to value it and you come to kind of find your 
your self-worth, you discern your self-worth inside of what you're accomplishing. And that's not, that's not where you discern your self-worth. You discern your self-worth in who you are, who God made you to be. And that is his precious daughter, a precious daughter of God. You are worthy and you are loved just because you are. So being is more important than the doing. We are going to talk about the doing today, but I wanted to put that in your mind first and foremost, and that ultimately it's not about all the stuff we do. It's about aligning your mindset with God's will. So that's the second part that I kind of want to remind you about, that it's not that important and then kind of related that you don't have to be doing a ton of things every day. You don't have to be accomplishing a lot of things. That might not be what God is calling you to do right now. So, you know, thinking of a Mother Teresa who said, do small things with great love. Like it matters so much more that we love, right? And I think um, I'm going to mess it up, but she said, God didn't call me to be successful. He calls me to be faithful or you. I don't know. I don't remember how that one was phrased. But anyway, the idea that success in the eyes of the world is kind of what gets celebrated in the world. And yet it's faithfulness that God asks from us. He doesn't care about the to-dos. He doesn't care about the list of accomplishments. Or maybe you're a fan of uh, St. Therese and her little way, which if you're not familiar with it, get familiar with it, because this is such a great one for women. Because, you know, she just focused on doing the tiniest things, one small little sacrifice, nothing that was going to be flashy or showy in the world of these great things she accomplished. And yet she did, with, with God's grace, accomplish such heights of holiness in that way, doing just one little thing at a time, her little way, doing small things with great love. And along the lines of focusing on doing God's will, focusing on the present moment and doing God's will in the moment rather than worrying about a list of accomplishments, I wanted to share with you um, something I happened upon recently which is from the writings of Jean-Pierre de Cossade, who was a French priest and a writer in the early 1700s. He wrote Abandonment to Divine Providence, which is a book I want to check out because I just saw this little clip from it online and it really struck me. So in it, he writes, in the state of abandonment, the only rule is the duty of the present moment. In this, the soul is light as a feather, liquid as water, simple as a child, active as a ball in receiving and following all the inspirations of grace. Such souls have no more consistence and rigidity than molten metal. As this takes any form according to the mold into which it is poured, so these souls are pliant and easily receptive of any form that God chooses to give them. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I love that imagery of just being open to the will of God. Abandonment is the duty of the present moment. So being open to where God might want to shift your focus, being open to the the form that God wants you to take, the actions he might want you to take. It's the duty of the present moment. Liquid as water, light as a feather, active as a ball in receiving and following all the inspirations of grace. That's what we need to do. Okay. So that's productivity, <laughs> the best kind. So I wanted to kind of get that in your in your mindset before we talk about some of these more practical ways of accomplishing things in our days, which is also important because it can very much be uh, the will of God that you be accomplishing many things in your day. And your duty of the present moment might involve accomplishing any number of different tasks and different obligations. And, you know, you have different duties of the present moment. So, but I wanted us to have that right mindset as we're going into this. And there, there's no 
no better way to get into that right mindset than by praying a morning offering. So if you're wanting to be more productive, and this isn't actually on my official list of my five things I'm going to share today, but it really should be starting with a morning offering. So giving your day over to God, giving your time over to God, and then a helpful habit I have found through the years is to just repeat that morning offering throughout your day so that you're reminding yourself all of the work you're doing is for God. And if you don't know of a morning offering, you know you don't even have to have an official prayer that you pray. There are lots of different ones out there. One that I'm currently really liking is um, one that focuses on the virtue of humility. I've kind of adapted it from a a book, Humility of the Heart, that I think I told you about here on the podcast that I've enjoyed reading recently. And um, I'll share it here now, just in case it's a helpful inspiration for you. But so really, what I pray each morning, and like I said, you can find your own. There's a beautiful one from Fatima for a morning offering, or um, there are just tons of different versions of it. But just, you know, having in mind that that basic idea of giving your day to God at the very start. And and so I'll, the one that I've been using recently that's focused on humility is, Lord, give me grace to be humble and not know that I am humble, to be holy and not know that I am holy. I give you all of my thoughts, all of my words, and all of my actions on this day. May they be thoughts of humility, words of humility, and acts of humility, all for your glory. Amen. And so that's the one I, I've prayed the Fatima one for years, and I'll probably go back to it at some point. But I've been liking praying this because, first of all, I, I was really wanting to focus on humility and, uh, you know, working on growing in that virtue. And in fact, in a few weeks, I'm going to be doing a podcast focused on humility. We've talked about it here on the podcast before, but I think it's definitely worth revisiting. But I like that it reminds us that everything we do is for God's glory. And when we take God out of the equation, we're doing everything for our own glory. And I think that's an important thing for us to remind ourselves of, especially as we're here talking about productivity, that everything we do is for God's glory. And all he asks is that faithfulness in the present moment, that we be faithful to the duty of the present moment. So whatever that looks like for you. But that said, there are ways that, uh, some practical ways that we can be more productive, we can accomplish the things that God is calling us to do in a more efficient way, and, you know, feel good in the process of doing that. So let's talk about them. I've got five things that I'm going to share with you here today. So first of all, okay, you already know this one, and you probably don't like it. It's why you're not doing it yet, which is get up early and go to bed early. I know, I know. (laughs) But if you think about it, and now I say all of this knowing full well that when all of my kids were little and I had babies getting me up throughout the night, I was not getting up that early. I mean, I would when the kids had me get up, but I wasn't doing, you know, that that kind of almost cliched advice you hear, like get up before the children do and you'll have a whole hour to, you know, do your prayer time or to get your workout in or whatever it is that you want to get done. And that can be very true. But I found that during those years, like I just needed sleep whenever I could get it. And if I was going to be accomplishing things outside of my duty of the present moment throughout the day with the kids, it was in the evening hours. So this is adapt this little piece of advice to your current state in life, your current circumstances. And if you have little kids and your sleep is disturbed every night, or if you have little kids and they're already getting you out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, then, you know, if this one isn't going to apply to you in the same way. But if it can apply to you, I want you to think about some of the ways that you could accomplish more just by getting up earlier in the morning. I mean, so many of us, 
and I, I've done this for years, you know, set our alarm in the morning for the, the latest possible time <laughs> to, to be able to get out the door on time or to get the things done. Or if you're not working or, or sending kids off to school, like, you know, we try to get away with, you know, getting up as late as possible. And sometimes that's appropriate, like I said, depending on your state in life. But there really is no substitution for getting up early for accomplishing things. And, you know, for years, when I was working from home, I really wasn't able, like I said, to get up earlier than the kids, but I did stay up later than the kids. And that's how I accomplished things. So depending on your schedule, look at what what makes sense and where you're going to be productive. But I do find that the morning hours are typically more productive than those evening hours. Like things like TV and the exhaustion of the day are just too tempting <laughs> as distractions and as things that take away from the quality of your work. If you're you know, trying to stay up until like 11, 12, 1 a.m., as I did through the years, I definitely did do that. But especially now for me at this stage of my life, if I have a certain project that I'm looking to get done, nothing beats getting up early in the morning to do it. Like right now, I'm actually... I'm I'm recording these. Well, it's seven o'clock now, but I I was up very early this morning to get a number of different accomplishments done before my regular workday starts. So that's how you can do it sometimes. And it doesn't have to be every day. You know, actually, I wrote Whisper by getting up at 5 a.m. three days a week and just devoting, you know, three or four hours, those first hours of the day to writing it for a few weeks there actually several weeks. You know, if you have a certain project like that, that you're working on, being a little bit organized about it and getting up even just an hour before you typically would get up is so helpful because it's like stolen time. And and you're usually, I mean, yes, after you get over your initial grogginess, you're well rested and you can focus on your work. But that will require, you know, making sure you're taking care of yourself, that you're going to, if you're going to be doing that regularly, it's going to also require that you be going to bed earlier regularly. So you're getting proper rest because you know what? You're not going to be productive if you're perpetually sleep deprived. So really important. Make sure you're getting proper rest, but there's no substitution for stealing those hours in the morning. So helpful to get up. And you've heard this before. It's almost cliched advice. And yet maybe you've rejected it as something you can't possibly do. I want to challenge you. If there's something you really want to be getting done and you're not finding the time to do it, uh, nothing nothing beats getting up a little bit earlier and just finding those, those first hours of the day to devote to it. All right, the next thing I want to recommend, the next practical piece of advice I have for you to be more productive is do less stuff. Okay, that sounds counterintuitive. What are you talking about, right? <laughs> like, I want to be doing more stuff. So I want to be more productive. Well, yes, but look at all of the things you're doing. And if you are if you have something that you want to be accomplishing that you're not getting around to, or you're not spending enough time on, or like say you just, you want to be more diligent about, um, you know, housework, let's say, and you're not finding the time or you keep putting it off or you keep procrastinating things. Like look at what you are spending your time on because some of it might not be what you actually value. It might not be lined up with what your priorities are. And, you know, funny thing about, uh, I had somebody recently tell me that the word priority didn't used to be something that could be a plural. Like it used to just be a, a singular word. Like it's your priority. You can only have one of those. And somewhere along the lines, our culture has adapted it so we can have multiple priorities. Now we talk about our priorities rather than our priority. 
And yet, if you look at your day, how many of those things you're engaged in, how many of those things that are taking your time, energy, and attention are things that are a priority for you? I just, I, I don't know your details. You know your details. So decide, consciously look at your day, how you're spending your time. And, you know, be honest. If you're spending time scrolling through Instagram, be honest about the time you're spending on that. And it might be something that you, you still value and you want that little break in your day. Fine. But pay attention to how you're spending your time. And I'm sure there are some things you could do less of, whether it's less watching television, less texting on your phone, whatever. It's just what are your what are your time sucks? Where do you spend time and all of a sudden you look up and like 90 minutes have gone by or something and you don't have anything to show for it? There's nothing wrong with things that are kind of relaxing or taking a break. I'm not telling you you can't have those things, but I, I'm telling you to be honest about where you're spending your time. If you feel like this thing that I say is a priority for me, I'm never getting to it or I'm not spending enough time on it and I can't seem to find the time. I think it's really important for us to pay attention to where we do spend our time because, you know, sometimes have you ever kept like a food diary? Like if you're on some eating program, just writing down everything you eat, it can be really eye opening in some of the ways that you kind of mindlessly eat things throughout your day, whether you're like eating food as you're preparing a meal or just grabbing a snack because it's there or whatever. And so writing it all down is a way of kind of making you be honest and paying attention to kind of that mindless way that you're eating. Well, the same thing can apply to how you're spending your time. Maybe spend a day writing it down, paying attention, keep it in the notes app on your phone or something, but just write down how you're spending your time. And you might be surprised at some of the things you do habitually that you never even realize are, are costing you a great deal of time. So I want to encourage you to look at the things you're doing and do less, less of the things that don't matter, less of the things that are a waste of time, and then do more of the thing, the one priority, right? <laughs> you only have to have one. <laughs> so maybe one at a time, that's your main priority. So that can be a way of being more productive in the things that really matter, the things that you care about, the things you say you care about. Try to find a way to be more honest and making that connection between the things you say are important to you to be doing every day and the things that you are doing every day. So do less stuff find out the things that you could drop. And it might even be stuff like volunteer work that you've done for years. And it's it's no longer a priority for you. There's something else that has a, a greater right to your time and attention right now, or you feel like God is calling you to focus on, then yeah, it might mean giving up something like that, or saying no to favors that people ask of you and that kind of thing. So do less stuff and only you can know what those details are going to look like. Okay, now this next one is kind of related to the, the first two that we just talked about here, but it's have your thing that you want to do, whatever it is, your priority that you want to be productive in, whatever it is, maybe you want to be starting a podcast and you just aren't finding the time to do it. Schedule it, write it down, have devoted time for it. First of all, having a list of the things that you, you, you want to get done any given day, that duty of the present moment, having a list, there's no problem with having the list, right? And maybe, you know, say, say a prayer asking God or giving God your day and then write down what all the things are that you want to get done in a day. And, and you know, be honest with yourself about the fact that you are a limited human being. <laughs> you have limitations. You don't have limitations on love for all the people and all of the things that you're doing in your life, but you do have a finite amount of time 
energy and attention to devote to things. So have a devoted time in your schedule for the thing that you want to do. Put it on your schedule. If you're like a digital calendar kind of person, put it right in there. If you're um, more of a, a paper person and you've got a planner, just write it down in your planner. And the other thing is, once you write it down, it's kind of less overwhelming. Sometimes we have these great big tasks in mind of things that we want to be doing. And they kind of just float around in our minds and make us feel kind of anxious or we feel discouraged because we don't know where to begin. It just all feels overwhelming. But writing it down, kind of breaking down even a larger task into smaller, more doable ones is such a way of giving you peace about it and making it feel like a more doable thing. And so writing down the list of what you want to do and then having time devoted to it. Look at your schedule and say, you know, okay, these are the things I want to be getting done. Where do I have time for it? So if there's some big project, like I said, let's say you want to launch a podcast. I'm thrilled if you want to launch a podcast. I happen to be a huge fan of podcasts. But you need to have time in your schedule devoted to it. And maybe you don't even know where to begin. So that's the first thing. Have time in your schedule devoted like an hour on Tuesday morning or Thursday evening, whatever works for your schedule and put it on your calendar that you're going to spend an hour researching online, maybe, or talking to a friend who has a podcast or, you know, doing your research to get started, like break it down like that. And then you, you might spend, you know, more time researching whatever topic you want to be talking about on your podcast or purchasing the equipment you need and all of that. So break it down into the smaller tasks and make that list, it's going to be less overwhelming if you have it broken down. But then you're going to have the momentum of once you spend that first hour focused on that thing that you felt like you're never going to get around to, and yet it's kind of running around in your mind, you're going to be so energized by that because it's exciting and you can feel good about what you've accomplished. So nothing beats having it on your schedule. That doesn't mean it's always going to go perfectly to plan for sure. (laughs) I know it happens to me all the time. I make my plans and then it all gets jumbled around by life circumstances, by kids, by, you know, work obligations, whatever. But that's not a reason to not plan in the first place. Just know that, you know, that duty of the present moment might shift, it might change and being light as a feather. And, you know, like molten metal, I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it, a beautiful goal to have in our lives is, yes, make your plans, make your lists, set up your schedule, your calendar, have all of your goals, and then be molten metal. (laughs) Because God might call you to focus on something else. But that's not a reason if you have a goal in mind to, to not be organized in your thoughts and in putting it on your schedule. All right. The fourth tip I have for you to be more productive with whatever your task is, is to take breaks. So sometimes we might be like, okay, I've got these three hours on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to get all of these things done. And um, let's say you're you're working on writing a book. You want to write a book. And you like how I'm pulling these, these examples from my own life, <laughs> starting a podcast, writing a book. Um, but these are goals that many people have. But this could apply to whatever your goal is, whatever kind of work. Don't think you're going to just go hardcore for three hours straight. Like we, we don't work like that. We don't function well like that. So taking breaks in your work is actually a really helpful way of being more focused when you are working. And there, there's some people who've studied this, like there's a science behind it. Have you ever heard of the Pomodoro technique? 
So that's a, that's the um, the Italian word for tomato, and this is actually named for I forget the name of the man who who came up with it. Um, okay, speaking of research, I should have looked that up. Anyway, it's a, it's a very popular technique of working and taking breaks, and the way it works is you set a timer when you're going to focus on a single task. Let's say you're going to do some writing, and you set the timer for 25 minutes, and you work for those 25 minutes, and then when the timer rings, you take a five minute break. And that might mean you go step outside, you walk around and stretch, you go get a a cup of coffee, whatever. You get a five-minute break at 25 minutes, and then you work for another 25 minutes and get another five-minute break. And um, after three or four of those kind of work periods of 25 minutes each, then you take a longer break, like 20 to 30-minute break. And this is great. I mean, there are actually a lot of, I have a, a couple of different Pomodoro apps. And actually, it's it's called Pomodoro, which is the Italian word for tomato, because the man who designed this and, and figured out that scientifically, this is kind of helpful to the way our brains function, taking these little kind of scheduled breaks and getting back into a 25-minute period of work. He used a kitchen timer, you know, those kitchen timers that are shaped like a tomato and look like a tomato. So he he called it the Pomodoro technique. And I, there are apps that will do this for you. So just like if you're looking for an app to help you do it, you know, look up Pomodoro in your, in the app store. And there's a bunch of different ones in there. And I remember once I had a very big writing project. It wasn't a book, but it was a large writing project that I just, I was dreading it. Like it wasn't, it was something, it was an assignment I'd taken on and it, I was, I was happy for the work, but it wasn't something I was super jazzed about writing about. And so I was doing what we do, kind of putting it off and not, not getting to it. And so what really helped me was first of all, scheduling it, scheduling the time that I was going to spend on it and getting up early. It happened to be that that worked out that during that, that time I could be like, okay, so on these mornings this week, I'm getting up early. I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of time focused on this project. And then using that Pomodoro technique, it psychologically really helps. If you know, you're going to get a break in five minutes, you feel like you can really focus in those 25 minutes and um, using an app like that. And, you know, it's helpful for me to be reminded of this because I haven't used it recently. And it's a really helpful technique. So you might find that helpful. It might even be, you know, something like some other task you're dreading, whether it's like cleaning out your garage or folding a mountain of laundry or something or changing all the sheets on the bed or whatever. Just setting it up so that you do work like that, focused work, and then take those breaks. So anyway, Google it, the Pomodoro technique. It's all O's in that word, Pomodoro technique. But you might find a different way of taking a break works for you. You know, whatever schedule works for you, it doesn't have to be the fancy technique. It could just be, I'm going to focus on this for an hour and then I'm going to take a break. And another way of kind of taking a break is in your to-do list, like when you have a to-do list, I, I've done this a little bit through the years where I'll make a to-do list for a day, especially if it's going to be a very busy day. And I'll go through the list and sometimes I'll even organize it in this way on the list. But having tasks that are different, like varying the kind of tasks you do. Like if you're sitting working on a computer, maybe the next task that you're going to do is to go and put in a load of laundry right? Because it's a very different kind of physical task. If you you need to like clean the bathrooms, that's a very physical task. Um, you might balance that with, you know, you've got a bunch of work emails that you've got to send. Or if you're working in the workplace and, and doing this, there, there are different kinds of tasks. Like there might be one where you have to walk to somebody else's office and go and ask a question or, um, you know, physically be bringing things here and there. So kind of breaking up, I find it helpful for me anyway, to be breaking up tasks 
between what's mental tasks and what are more physical tasks. And it really helps to kind of bring a balance and keep you kind of alive in those different duties, those different jobs that you have throughout your day is, and it keeps you, it keeps you more interested if you're, you're kind of varying the kind of things you do, because nobody likes to sit and just stare at a computer screen for seven hours straight. We, we're physical beings and, and we have that need to be be physical. Um, so if you don't have a physical task to kind of vary it with, then, then taking that break might mean going and taking a five minute walk or um, doing some stretching or something more physical like that. But just kind of varying the tasks that you're doing is, is a great way of taking a break. And speaking of taking a break, the fifth thing I want to mention that can help you to be more productive is to reward yourself. Yes, you might reward yourself with taking a break, but think about not just like a big reward, like you tell yourself, okay, I can go out with my girlfriend for lunch, this this fun thing that I'm looking forward to, but not until I've cleaned out that closet that I don't want to do something, something more big like that, or, you know, telling yourself that once you've accomplished this big work task, you're going to celebrate by, you know, having a special dinner with your husband or something like that, though, not just big kind of end of the big job kind of rewards, but little ones have little ones kind of built into your task. And it's another way of kind of taking a break. The break can be the reward, a little reward. I know that sometimes when I'm working on a project, I'll, I'll tell myself like, you know, I can, I can take this break at this after I've focused on this, or I've come to this kind of set point in the amount of work that I'm doing. And, you know, just, I'm going to allow myself to just go and have a cup of tea and enjoy it. And that's a little, a little reward that can kind of be built in. And it doesn't have to be like food rewards, but of course those work great for us. It could be that I'm going to let myself go on Instagram for 10 minutes or whatever, (laughs) you know, that something that you enjoy like that, or that feels like a break to you, build some of those little rewards, little motivators into your your task and set goals in, in smaller goals inside of your task so that it's not just like a big reward once you accomplish the big thing. Just have a, a way. We're very motivated by these things. <laughs> we can be very motivated by rewards and um, just like little things that we're looking forward to. So look for a way to kind of bribe yourself and encourage yourself. Think about what you do with your kids, right? If you have kids that we, this is how we tend to motivate kids, you know, like, oh, you can watch your television show, but first you have to get your chores done, you know? Talk to yourself that way. <laughs> you can watch your television show, but only after you've gotten your work done. And that can be really motivating. And it it has the added value of just bringing balance to our lives that it's not supposed to be all work and it's not supposed to be all play. So finding a way to balance those things in, in big ways and in small ways is going to be helpful to your overall sense of peace and balance in your life. All right, those are my five tips. First of all, reminding you that... <laughs> productivity is not that important, right? And this is something that God does, not something that we accomplish in our lives. This isn't about what we're accomplishing, but we want to be molding ourselves to the will of God and being faithful in the present moment. So my five more practical tips are getting up early, going to bed early, doing less stuff. That means finding out what your priority is and focusing on it, having devoted time in your schedule, writing it down, scheduling it, uh, taking breaks, and then finally, not forgetting to reward yourself. You probably have some thoughts about productivity. What works for you? I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to have your feedback on this episode or any other.
We've got more of the show coming up for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Hi there, I'm Mark Hart. And I want to share with you an exciting new series called Venture, the Bible timeline for high school. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is easily the most confusing, most misunderstood book of all time. How do these random time periods, these random people, these random stories all fit together? And what do they mean for me and for my life? In this study, we're going to take a journey through the basic story of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation, so that by the end of it, teenagers will understand the big picture of salvation history. Because when we come to know the story, we come to know our place in the story. To find out more and get a free preview of this engaging new study, visit ascensionpress.com backslash venture. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback. And this week, I heard from listener Katie, who left me two different messages on Voxer. And I so love it when you guys leave me voice messages. You don't have to use Voxer for it, which is, but it's a fun app for leaving voice messages. And if you want the link to uh, connect with me on Voxer, it is always in the show notes over at ascensionpress.com. But even better, subscribe to those show notes. Text the word girlfriends to 33777. You'll get the link to connect on Voxer and all the other good stuff for every episode each week. But Katie sent me two different messages. And you know what? I'm going to reward her for sending me these amazing voice messages. And she's going to be the featured voice message this week and next week. So that's the kind of favoritism that you can get if you send me a voice message. So be motivated. All right. So here's what Katie shared. Hi, Danielle. This is Katie. I just got finished listening to the podcast on how to make good habits stick. And I just wanted to share my experience with using Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies and moving towards better physical health. I'm 48 years old. And three years ago, I was in the worst physical shape of my life. It's been a journey over these past three years to move towards better physical health. But knowing my tendency has really helped me focus in on what I need to do to be successful. So a few months ago, I was in training for a relay race, and around the same time, I started listening to Gretchen Rubin's Happier podcast after hearing about it on your podcast. I was fascinated by the concept of the four tendencies and immediately identified myself as an obliger. And I realized that the reason I was being so diligent about my training for the race was that I had six other people counting on me. So after the conclusion of that race, I signed up for a half marathon in the fall for another accountability piece with my running. And coincidentally, right around the same time, members of my extended family set up a Facebook group, a private group, where we share healthy habits and on a daily basis encourage each other, share what we're doing, and we even have a monthly challenge. So that's been another great accountability piece externally for me. I would be interested in hearing a podcast dedicated to the four tendencies specific to parenting and how to encourage our children, especially those children who have a different tendency than we do as parents. And I had one final observation for any of your listeners who might also be obligers, and that is that in practicing external accountability to practice healthy habits on a regular basis, I found that it's helped me to develop my internal accountability. I got up this morning and went for a two-mile run at the gym. I didn't have to. I just did it for myself. Thank you for all you do, and God bless. 
Thank you so much for that. Katie, I love that you've had the success. Congratulations on the success that you've had. And that's actually a very fitting topic in in keeping with this week's topic of productivity, kind of finding out, knowing yourself. There's no replacement for knowing yourself and what your tendencies are. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for what you've done, for what God has accomplished in you in this way and motivating you and encouraging you and you finding out what what's going to work for you, what's going to actually get you to follow through and meet some of these goals that you have. So I am thrilled for you, overjoyed for you. And I, and I love... I love the four tendencies. So anybody who doesn't know what she's talking about, you can you can listen to the Happier podcast or you can go over to GretchenRubin.com, who's um, an author that I really enjoy. And I just, I love her concept of the four tendencies because it helps to know what our tendencies are when we approach work and relationships. It's just self-knowledge is so vitally important. We've talked about the temperaments here before. I think that's also helpful. We've talked about love languages, knowing how you feel and how you express love is, is so important. But this is another another tool for you to have in your toolbox is these four tendencies. And, and I like the suggestion to look at parenting through the lens of the four tendencies. I've made a note of it. It's not going to be for a few weeks because I've got shows planned out for for a good while to come. Um, But I am going to be taking on that topic, Katie. I I really like the idea of looking at our tendencies and and how that can apply to how we parent and the importance of, of focusing on it in that way. So thank you so much for that. If you want to leave me a voice message and be star of the day like Katie has been here, you can go to the show notes at ascensionpress.com. You can subscribe to the show notes at uh, by texting girlfriends to 33777. Or you can send me a good old-fashioned email. You can attach a voice message, just record it on your phone and uh, attach it to a voice message and send it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Now that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thank you so much for showing up. It means the world to me. I know you have a lot going on. I know that you are busy and you're pulled in multiple directions. So it just is so encouraging to me to know that you spend this time here with me each week. I am so grateful for your presence here in the podcast. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.